Welcome to Quest for Gold. I'm Ryan Burrow. We're less than 50 days out until the games and qualifications are really heating up. The three-on-three USA women's basketball team has punched its ticket to Tokyo by winning a semifinal match at a tournament in Austria last weekend. It's the first time three-on-three will be played in the Olympics. However, the USA three-on-three men's team failed to qualify. It's the first time a USA basketball team has failed to qualify for an Olympic bid. Ever. USA Baseball continues to roll through its Baseball America's qualifier taking place in Florida. USA needs to win the tournament in order to qualify for the games. If not, they'll have one more shot to land a final spot in a last remaining tournament in Mexico. Baseball has not been an Olympic sport since 2008. The most decorated beach volleyball player of all time will not be taking part in the upcoming games. Kerry Walsh Jennings and her partner Brooke Sweat needed at least a third place finish at the JT Banca Ostrava Beach Open to have a chance to qualify. They were upset by the Netherlands. The 42-year-old had participated in the last five Olympics. The USA Swimming Olympic Trials Wave 1 underway now in Omaha. They've split up the races into two waves to allow for smaller athlete fields. Wave 1 featuring athletes who made the original Olympic Trials qualifying times. The top two finishers of the races will then move into the Wave 2 meet later in June. The Olympic team will be selected based on the results of that meet. The USA Gymnastics Championships taking place this weekend in Texas. It's the last meet before the U.S. Olympic trials start up in St. Louis later this month. The world rankings used to determine which tennis players qualify for the Summer Games was pushed back to June 14th to give athletes another week of competitions. Many tournaments were wiped out during the pandemic. LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers have been bounced from the NBA playoffs with more than a month to go before the Games. So is he planning to return to the Olympics this summer? He was asked that question in his post-game press conference Thursday. No, I think I'm going to play for the Toon Squad this summer instead of the Olympics. Um, you know, I think that's, what I'm, that's my focus on, on trying to beat the Monstars or the Goon Squad, we call them now. He's, of course, referring to his soon-to-be-released Space Jam movie. We don't know if he's joking about the Olympics. Meanwhile, we still don't know if other NBAers like James Harden, Steph Curry, and Kawhi Leonard are planning to play for Team USA in Tokyo. As for Japan, we learned this week about 10,000 of the 80,000 unpaid volunteers for the Olympics and Paralympics have told organizers they will not participate over worries of COVID-19. Organizers say that will not affect operations of the Games. The top Olympic organizer says she will comply if other organizers decide to cancel next month's games over the spread of the coronavirus. Tokyo 2020 Organizing Committee President Seiko Hashimoto said if no athletes can make it to Tokyo, the games cannot be held. The day before, though, she estimated 100% likelihood of the games opening up on time. And in a dramatic unveiling earlier this week... Tokyo's organizing committee showed off the podiums that will be used for the victory ceremonies of both the Olympic and Paralympics. They're made completely from recycled plastic. Back in March of 2020, at the start of the pandemic, then 19-year-old rhythmic gymnast Davida Grishkenis posted a video to Instagram, playfully using a roll of toilet paper in a routine at her home, her cat walking in the foreground. It was all for fun, but improvising over the last year has been something she's gotten used to. She's back to international competitions, but of course she's keeping her eyes on the Olympics. We caught up with her from her Illinois home via Zoom. Congrats, you got your second shot yesterday. Yeah, How are you feeling I did. today? Great. I feel good today. (laughs) So I got my first one the day before I had to fly out 
to Baku for the World Cup. And I didn't really have much of a reaction to that one, thankfully, because I had to fly out the next day. And then I got this one the day I got back from the whole trip. So it's got to be a challenge, right? Because you, you, they don't have the shot there probably, or at least not available to you. So you've got to kind of balance that while you're flying around the world that, Hey, I have to be home to be able to get this shot. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was two days, not well, there's like a window of time when you can do it. So I was still like on time, but I did have to like schedule it for like the day I got back. So luckily everything worked out well. Is the U.S. Olympic Committee telling athletes, go out and get this on your own? We might have something available later, but are they just kind of leaving it up to to you guys? Yeah, they're just recommending that we take advantage of local resources. And they're saying, you know, if if it's available to you, we, you know, no pressure, but we do recommend it. Last time we talked was, I want to say, late 2019, early 2020. And we were going full steam ahead of Japan and everything was kind of laid out. What if the last... 12 to 16 months been like for you as far as your training, your schedules, like how have you approached this entire pandemic? So I started school. I finished my freshman year of college, um, the university officially. Um, and has it been all online? Yes. Yeah, so it was all on zoom and that was part of the reason why I decided to do it. Cause I was like, if I do start traveling during second semester, I can still keep up with classes. So I took a full course load. Um, it, it's funny because my school's in New York and I have yet to visit New York like ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was um, on Zoom. I think Columbia did a great job like incorporating student activities and making it feel like you really were part of a community. And um, I ended up finishing my freshman year in Tashkent at a World Cup. So. <laughs> Okay. As funny as that sounds, I ended up finishing school in New York. Or sorry, not in New York, in um, Uzbekistan. Were you, during- were you at home most of this time? Like in the, in the early months of the pandemic, I mean, you were pretty much forced to, to remain at home. I know you've been traveling in, in recent months, but kind of what, what, did, what did that first year or eight months look like for you? I was in Lisbon. And they canceled the competition. So some of us were like, yes, free tourism. And other people were like, no, we just got here. And I managed to compete. I was like one of the few people who managed to compete that year. Um, I competed in the Grand Prix in Brno. And they basically sent us home from Lisbon. And we came home and it was the whole, oh, two weeks, I'll be fine. You know, type of mindset. And then that expanded into about, I'd say, like, we came back to the gym in July And this was in March when we got, you know, sent home. So we had to train from, I trained from my basement. And when the weather got nicer, I would, you know, go outside and do some tosses and things there. Uh, But it was definitely difficult and uh, a challenge. Well, I I assume everyone was going through the same thing, though. Uh, The Americans, the Russians. Oh, no, no, no. The the Russians have a huge training facility. So although they were on lockdown, they, they live in the gym pretty much. So they, they were able to continue training. A lot of people in Eastern Europe were able to continue training as, as normal, relatively speaking. So Does that make you nervous that, that they were able to keep up on training and you kind of had to take a pause there or at least struggled kind of through your, your training progression? No. Oh, okay. I, I guess there, there, there comes a point during the pandemic when, when all of the athletes have to decide, am I going to 
just try to keep a regular routine? Am I going to step up and, and really try to push this next year because I don't want to fall behind? Or am I going to give myself maybe a mental or physical break, especially people with maybe some injuries that they're, they're trying to, to overcome? Well, what is it? What is the approach that you took? I don't think I had it that thought out. It was just kind of like go with the flow, I guess. So my coach would have Zoom, you know, trainings. So I would do that. And I think our federation, USA Gymnastics and Caroline Hunt, um, our director, she she did a very good job organizing um, physical therapy sessions through Zoom and like some dance lessons and stuff with uh, people like Ambrose. He's a choreographer from California, I believe. And so we, we were definitely active through Zoom and we got lots of opportunities to train and do what we could uh, with our situation to the best of our ability. Sure. Did you, did you do anything else that was kind of fun over, over the, the quarantine period? Is there any new skill that you learned maybe outside of gymnastics? Are you, are you a a good baker now or a good no baker? i did not start baking we it's, just, it's my mom will probably not be very happy with me but like we keep our pots and pans in the oven so like it's a whole hassle to get it out gotcha. <laughs> um i i started watercoloring i really enjoy watercoloring i'm not great at it though um i had like little stencils to watercolor so cheating a little bit and then i actually got to read because I was taking a gap year. And so I suddenly had no gymnastics and no school. So I got to reconnect with my bookworm roots and I got to read a lot. And uh, that was quite nice. When, when, when we spoke last time, we talked about, you know, uh, mentally approaching the games and you had said that you uh, had pictured yourself in Tokyo. You, you were visualizing yourself in Tokyo. That was back in 2019. Um, did your visualization change at all because of the pandemic? I mean, the, the way that you're thinking about Tokyo and these upcoming games, is it the same mentality you had back then or have things kind of changed in your mind a little bit? If anything, I think it's even more ambitious because I sort of did a lot of thinking you know, over this time period. And it's sort of a why not mentality? Why not go for it? Why not, quote unquote, dream big? You know, like what's stopping you? Nothing. You just have to go and execute what you can. And then the rest is up to, you know, God. So control what you can and go for it. The plans have obviously changed even for the games themselves. I mean, when we had talked, we were talking about, you know, rubbing elbows with some athletes and, and experiencing Olympic Village. You said you're very social and, and you couldn't wait to talk to these athletes. Might be a little bit different of an experience now. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about what do you think about that? I mean, obviously, you don't really have a say in the matter, but I, I mean, your your approach to to uh, the social aspect or the absorption of the games, as opposed to you know your actual competition, it, it's going to look and feel a little different. Yeah, so I know Tokyo or like the the games themselves are having lots of like already they're sending out certain memos of like how they want to run things and do constant testing. So it seems like it'll be a very safe environment. I know I, I haven't actually experienced like I've experienced the games through, you know, the Pan Am games, but I have yet to experience an Olympic Games. And I know that one of the differences between that would be parents coming. And I uh, my teammate, Laura, she mentioned that, you know, the parents parents get like a fun tour and like they get more, you know, insider information, I think, than the typical tourist. Um, and so that won't be happening this year. And it's, of course, kind of sad. So I'll but 
you, you deal with it. I'm just glad the Olympics are happening. Do, do they usually come with you? Does your family usually come with you when you compete? They've never come with me. No. Okay. So, no. you, so, so it's not as though you're going to be by yourself for the first time. You, you've kind of no, done this before. Yeah. It's just they, you kind of lose this experience of sharing this with your family then. Mm-hmm. This would have been their first international trip to see me. What have your competitions and events looked like during this pandemic? How safe have they been? What are some of the protocols that you've had to go through that may have been different than the pre-pandemic times? Let's see. I was definitely hesitant to go to my first uh, World Cup. Uh, I was very excited and I was totally willing to go, but it was one of those like, I we haven't competed in so long. Uh, but it was in Bulgaria. And so we ended up going and it was much better than I thought. And everyone was pretty good, I think, on keeping up with rules. And so, you know, I became more comfortable with it. And then um, as we went to more World Cups and competitions, I started to feel much more comfortable. And everyone gets COVID tested. Um, I know like Italy, I would say, and Azerbaijan had pretty strict rules and like followed a lot more precautions than maybe some of the other countries. Um, but yeah, we, we got COVID tested upon leaving arrival um, and then leaving again the countries. And when you would travel internationally, you would have to have your COVID tests. Some required, you know, COVID testing 24 hours prior to travel, others 48 hours before. And um, in terms of competition things it was more you know on a rigorous schedule because sometimes you'd stay after and do some tosses and stuff um but this time they were like no you have your set time limits of when you can be in the gym and they would um keep try to keep you with your group of people so like sometimes my teammate or whoever i'd be competing with you know the other representative from team usa and i would be in separate groups so they would be in group a they'd be in group b but this time they kept us together and they put us like one person apart so it would be me and then a person and another USA girl. Um, just try to keep us all together. And our federation also was very kind to um, get us a separate transportation to keep us an extra layer of protection. Do you, do you feel safe going into Japan that they're taking care of everything and the USOPC, the IOC, everyone's looking out for the athlete safety? Very. What were the competitions like when, when the, the pandemic ended was was there some rust that needed to be knocked off or was was it just back to you know normal participation normal did, did everything seem like it did pre-pandemic well a lot of countries that were able to keep training um shot up so all of a sudden i mean my scores went up but the amount that mine went up was negligible compared to how high their scores Sure. went up and so all of a sudden it's like how are people getting 28s <laughs> like I'm, I'm over here getting a 21 you know <laughs> and that was already an improvement so so we had uh, my coach and I like uh we, we had like a sit back and like work through and like really upgrade and change your uh, routines a bit and like make sure that we're working on criteria execution and like really really upgrading and changing things so like the first competition was sort of a Oh wow! Okay, good. Now we know where we are, and let's let's improve and move up from here. So, what what is your current status right now? I know that there were last time we talked, there were two qualifying, two Team USA qualifying bids. They hadn't named it yet. Have they named it yet? Or 
So it'll be named at nationals, which is uh, this this month, June uh, twenty. Stand bad with dates, twenty third <laughs> to like twenty eighth, okay. I think. All right, so that that's when the official naming yes. comes, and you've obviously got a competition. What what are are you still? tinkering it sounds as though you're still tinkering with things a little bit i think you can constantly fidget so it used to be with the old code of points that the judges would be getting a piece of paper and then they would check things off but starting from after 2016 um they made the rules so that it's pretty much unlimited so the co- the judges have to write everything down um that they see which obviously makes it really hard for judges because people can shove a lot into the routines. Um, but that also means that literally even like leading up to walking out for competition, we could do a change. So like in one of my competitions, like same day, it was like, okay, I don't want you to arch on your jump. And it was like, okay, just for this competition. Um, or it could be the opposite. Like, Hey, I want you to arch on this jump or to do this a little bit differently. So yeah, it's, it's, I don't think going to be 100% set in stone, but we're getting closer to keeping it more. Do you prefer to have something firm and, and in place or do you, uh, are you cut fine with kind of changing on the fly? I'm fine with changing on the fly. I like being like, I like being creative. And so if I can find a way to rearrange some stuff or to put something in that would increase my value or be more comfortable, then I am more than willing to give it a go. And sometimes you have to play around with stuff. So you like try it for a few days and then you're like, okay, yeah, no, the old way was better. And then other times you try it and you're like, why didn't I do this before? What's going on with the music? Well, I kept three of my musics from 2020 because I only got to compete with them once. So we kept them. Um, I must admit, Play With Fire is very sassy and it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun one. It's my club's music. And then we ended up changing, um, my ribbon music. So I found my, it was, we were, you know, quarantining and stuff. And I found this gorgeous music and I texted it to my coach and I was like, Hey, let's, you know, what do you think? And she was like, Oh, I love this. Let's, let's use it for ribbon. So then I cut it using iMovie. Um, to be the minute and a half, which I don't think you're supposed to use iMovie to cut music, but I did. And um, it's been my music since since then. And then we came back in July and we I, I made up the routine. I uh, got to create it. And um, yeah, we've been moving on with it since then. I feel pretty good about everything and how you've progressed and, and where you're at right now. But there's always a little more to work on, but yes. Do you have goals specifically for Japan? Like I want to finish at a certain spot or is is that just kind of at that point, whatever happens, happens? Well, primarily I would like to execute what I've been working on and I'd like to execute it cleanly and strong. So I would like to look confident and comfortable on the carpet Um, as well. I would really like to keep my focus to, to, you know, do what I need to do. And then of course I, I would love to meddle. Uh, but that again, you know, I will, I will work on it and we will, we will see. You get nervous about all the discussions about, Oh, these games are going to be postponed again. or they're going to be canceled. Are you able to kind of put that noise aside or, or I think do you a lot of it is speculation? It? Um, I, I'm pretty certain that they're going to happen at this point. So I, I'm just listening to what the USOPC has to say and like what the official news have to say, because so many people can talk and write anything they want. Like, for example, I wrote an article on Medium about, um, you know, meet the four rhythmic gymnastics equipments or what are body difficulties in rhythmic gymnastics. And 
if I could go on a website like Medium and write an article posted there, I'm sure other people can write things that maybe aren't as fact-checked or just that are opinion pieces. And so it's always good to stick with the people who are actually, you know, in charge of this stuff. Where can people find you? Where can they track your progress? You, you've been writing for Medium. To give give us the spiel. Where can we find you? Oh, I don't even know. Um, I guess you could find my Instagram. It's just my name with a period in between. So Vita Dr. Um, uh, confession, I'm not sure how to use Facebook really well, but I guess I have a Facebook account too. Um, yeah, I guess I primarily use Instagram. I I, I do. Okay. Maybe this is a little secret, but like I do have a TikTok. Um, but what I do on there, is are you I dancing? Post- are you dancing? On no, I'm not. I am not. I'm actually making little, and I'm bad at editing, but, um, I make little compilations of, you know, travel day to Italy from Russia. And then I'll do little snippets of the day and like make a little, I wouldn't call it a vlog, but just little snippets of what my day looked like, or I'll do like competition Italy day one. And so then I'll have little like moments of my day, like all put together in one. So that does exist, but I I haven't really been promoting it or anything. It's just sort of a thing I do for myself. And if anyone comes across it, you're more than welcome to take a look. We wish Evita good luck. We'll continue to follow her journey in Tokyo. Meanwhile, we'll continue to talk with more Olympic hopefuls as we move closer to the Games. Right now, still set for July 23rd. I'm Ryan Burrow. We'll see you next week on Quest for Gold. 